Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. In this final leg of Season 5, I'm reading my way through every single goddamn page in The Revenge of Kang, the final module in the Time Warp Adventure series for TSR's Marvel Super Heroes role-playing game. And as I do, I'm identifying the dumbest thing on each page. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. The Revenge of Kang was written by Ray Winninger and was published in 1990. Today we're discussing page 23 of The Revenge of Kang, and this is a really weird one. Chapter 5, Up the Spire, began just a little bit on the previous page, but it really kicks off on this page. All of our heroes are here. The Misfits, after a scouting mission from Dr. Jaw, did finally come over in the little cylindrical boat across the bay. They managed to evade the dreaded jaws of the Badgerfish, and they now stand at the foot of the spire. So too to the secret Zoomers, who were attacked by a pack of alligator-like alien beasts on their way here over a mysterious trail, and for its Furies, who uh, walked through some brush and got a lot of bug bites. You wouldn't think it, but they are the ones who got the short end of the stick there. When you arrive at the spire, here is what you see. Quote, You finally reached the edge of the spire. Now that you are closer, you can get a slightly better look at the structure. The tower is made of a peculiar silver metal that glints in the light. The spire is cone-shaped and approximately 50 feet tall. On top of the cone is a transparent sphere, about 8 feet in diameter. There is only one obvious entrance to the tower above, a huge sliding door located at ground level. The door is standing wide open. And the author knows what he's done to us because he points out, you know, before the player characters walk into this building, they're probably going to want to, like, walk around it, poke it, look for secret compartments, look for knockout rays, look for ambushes waiting to jump on them and wrap them in nets, etc., etc. Uh, and no, there are no hidden entrances. There's nothing unusual about the construction of the tower. It's just a tower. There's one big door. Uh, there is a note here, quote, any hero who flies up to take a look at the transparent globe atop the tower realizes with a successful good intensity feet roll that the globe is some kind of signaling beacon. It doesn't say what kind of roll you're supposed to be making here. Intuition would be my guess, although reason might also work. It's probably one of those two because as we're going to see, this spire is just packed with mostly intuition and reason rolls that you need to make to understand what's going on. There's not much of a dungeon or much of a story here if you don't make your reason rolls. In any event, I think Ford's Furies will probably notice the beacon, not from flying, but from all ears using his little wall crawly unicycle gadget to zoom up the spire and look around. He'll probably figure that out. And similarly, remember that Dr. Jaw has already been here scouting. She was able to fly in her astral form and she would have been able to pick up that that's a beacon. But that's all we can get outside. Now it's time to enter. And that's when we embark on level one. It appears to be empty. Uh, there are four large pedestals, though, that go almost all the way up to the ceiling. And they look like they're made out of weird plastic. Everybody gets to make a typical intensity intuition feat to notice that each of these has a little locked hidden panel. Uh, then once we notice the little locked hidden panels, we can either make a remarkable reason roll or a remarkable strength roll to force them open. Inside is circuitry. And then once we look at the circuitry, it's time to try to make an incredible intensity reason feat to figure out what the circuitry is for. There's no one here on any of these teams who's likely to make that role, and I don't think anybody is foolish enough to spend karma on such a thing. I think if you're playing this adventure path and you're at this point, you realize the author has designed this adventure to make sure that I get every clue, but not necessarily to ensure that I stay alive, so I'll save my karma for that. Anyway, while you're looking around at all the circuitry that you don't know what it means, you find that there's something missing in one of the bits of circuitry. There's something missing that's a square, and there's something missing that's a triangle. You'll be able to identify these missing pieces from the circuitry, 
if you can make an excellent intensity reason feat. But if you can't, as, for example, no one on the Misfits is likely to, granted if they put their heads together, while it's individually improbable for each of them, one of them would probably get it, but it's totally reasonable that they wouldn't. All of them have a 30% chance to be able to figure out what these pieces are, so it's not too far out along the bell curve that none of the four of them nail that 30% chance. Something the author should have planned for, and he did. He planned for these four women to walk into an empty room with pedestals, open up secret compartments in the pedestals, and then not know what the fuck is going on except there's something square and something triangle missing. There are some stairs going up from here to level two of the spire, and quote, hanging on the wall next to the stairs is a complete scale map of the entire pocket dimension. So this is where the judge can show the players the map of the complete dimension. I'll put it on the visual companion. You can go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast and see the player's version of the map of this little pocket dimension. And our heroes can either just kind of take it in and look at it, or they can grab it, fold it up, and take it with them. Anyway, there's nothing else to do here. It's just pedestals, so time to go upstairs. Level two. There's a lot of text here for the judge about what this room is, but what the heroes see is a lot of computer banks that haven't been used in a long time. It says, quote, the computer banks are so tightly packed together on this level that they form a sort of maze. In order to reach the stairs that lead up to the third level, the heroes must negotiate this maze. Uh, However, there's no map of this room, and there are no feats listed, so I guess you just inform the players, hey, there's a maze. It's hard. Takes you a while to get through it. Ready for level three? Which seems like an oversight, but honestly, this is the kindest thing anyone has ever done for me. If this author had an idea for a maze that you had to navigate without a map, and that seems very plausible... He made an excellent choice by deciding to cut that shit right out. You can do a fun maze. I'm not saying a maze can never be good in a role-playing game, but in this context, run this way in this adventure with these characters, it would have been a disaster. So yeah, nothing here, but just walk around and look at computer banks. Level three, there's one big piece of machinery here, and you're going to want to make another reason feat to look at this piece of machinery. Uh, If you can make a good intensity reason feat, which every one of our hero teams should be able to pull off, you'll see that, quote, the machine is the power supply for the entire complex. A thick network of wires housed in a large plastic bus leads off to all four of the Spire's levels. So that's a nice gimme. Pretty much every team is going to have somebody who either makes this roll or can pay karma to make it to know that this machine is the power supply for the entire complex. Now, if you make a remarkable intensity reason feat roll, which, once again, the Misfits would not be likely to make, but I'm going to assume that everyone makes it because if I don't, then there's going to be a lot of painful confusion and backtracking for everyone. If you make that harder roll, then you discover, quote, The spire's power is not actually generated by this machine. Instead, the power is beamed to the spire in the form of radio waves. These waves are then converted into electrical energy and distributed about the spire. So that thing I told you for the people with good reason or excellent reason, listen, that's fine for them. Remember that this dungeon is not for them. If they're not very bright, these superheroes, they're going to walk through this place. There's nothing here they understand. There's nothing here they know or care about. And then there's going to be an encounter at the very top and they get dragged away and they could just get dragged through the rest of the adventure as far as we're concerned. We, the intelligent members of the superhero community, who can make a remarkable intensity reason role, we have at least an incredible intellect, we know that that was all a lie about this being the power supply. I mean, it technically supplies the power, but it doesn't generate the power. The power is beamed to it in the form of radio waves, and that turns out to provide us with an essential clue. Because once we realize that the power is being beamed to the spire from somewhere else, then we can make an excellent intensity reason feat roll to determine what direction the radio waves are coming from. And once we know what direction those waves are coming from, it's time to triangulate everyone's favorite part of the role-playing session. Pull out your map of the pocket dimension. I know you're dying of anticipation. The radio waves are coming 
from 140 degrees from the western horizontal in relation to the spire. So you write that down on your little map, and then the GM looks at it, and if you did it wrong, then the GM does it for you. For real, that's what that's what it says. And then it's time to go upstairs. Nothing else to do here. We'll talk about that tomorrow. But for now, let's talk about the dumbest thing on this page, which is that if you're not good at making reason feet rolls, this page might as well be fucking blank. You think when you walk into a spire that things are going to happen. People don't typically make a point of storing all their empty space and boring pedestals in a spire. But here it is, a huge spire that looks like it's going to be very interesting. But if you're not making your reason feet rolls, you don't know what any of this is. You don't know what any of this means. There's no information here. You get a map. I mean, once again, you found a piece of paper that gives you information that the author wants you to have. But other than that, this page is just talking to the judge. It's just telling the judge what all this shit is for. It's explaining the history to the judge. And granted, this could be interesting if you're a player and or a character who really wants to get into the fiction of this place and who has the requisite reason score to keep making these reason rolls. But I feel like if you are going to fill a structure and you're going to fill a scene with pass-fail rolls, then the scene and the structure should still have a point and be fun to play if those rolls are failed. If that's not the case, if you need to make the rolls for there to be a point to this scene, then don't have the players roll. Just have them succeed. Because the real failure here is not the failure that the players could get on any or all of these reason feat rolls. The real failure we might encounter here is that because of bad dice rolls, we end up doing essentially three levels of empty dungeon crawl that never pays off. And God forbid you miss that clue about the radio waves coming in. God forbid that you miss the triangulation, the most important part of any role-playing session. Because if you do, you will not be able to proceed. You're going to have to figure out what the fuck is going on and come back to the spire later. I cannot understand the logic of hiding a literally essential clue behind a remarkable intensity reason feat. Keeping in mind that the players don't know the stakes of this role, they don't know that this is an essential clue, there's no particular reason they would spend their hard-earned karma on this one role. And if you're like many superhero teams and the highest reason you have on the team is remarkable, literally no one on the team is likely to get this clue. It's so bad that there's a whole chapter later devoted to coming back to the Spire just because it's going to be such a common event that people miss this clue and have to come back. There's not really any new material there. It's just, this is the part of the adventure where everybody's going to have to backtrack and go back to the Spire because they didn't make that reason roll and then look around until they do find the radio waves and triangulate and then we can get back to the adventure. Just just a boring, empty series of corridors, basically. And we've been playing this adventure path long enough to know what comes at the end of a boring, empty corridor. Join me next time for our inevitable capture on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact me however you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. This episode's music, used under Creative Commons license, is Take Us to the Nearest Starbase by Astrometrics, whose work you can find at soundcloud.com slash astrometricsband. <laughs>